Hey, Merlin. Uh, Dan. Yeah, what's Hi. up? Hi. Hi, how are you? You sound sick again or something. <sighs> I am. I'm a little, I'm a little snotsy. What happened? What do you think? Too much partying, too much rock and roll. Yeah, too much partying. Too much partying around a four-year-old. That's weird. <laughs> no, wait a minute. You, you, uh, you got a sick house there, right? No, nah, everyone, well, my, my little girl, six-month-old, is just kind of, I think, almost fully drained now of the snow. <laughs> it's hard because... Uh, she's they, still they a little, little horse. No, she's too little to blow, right? My, mine, well, <laughs> mine, mine refuses to even try. Oh, yeah. My, no. well, I sent you that photo. <laughs> She's a wreck. She keeps rubbing. <laughs> She's got like a little, uh, no, I don't want to make a Hitler Do you joke. like to blow? You seem like a blower, a nose oh, blower. God, I'm so good at blowing my nose. It's weird. I'm around, you know what? I use, I, use a, I use a Kleenex or a paper towel too. In my neighborhood, there's a lot of, they call farmer's hanky. What does that mean? Uh, it's when you use your finger to cover one nostril and you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I don't, like, I don't like blowing my nose. Not at all. No, not really. I've never been a big fan. I can see you doing that as part of a larger process, uh, a purging, if you like. Yeah, yeah, but it's like a one day, once a day, you know, with a lot of, a lot of water, soap and water involved. But I, so because my son is un- who's also for unwilling to blow, totally oh, no, unwilling. He, oh. I came up with a way that would help him because what would happen is, you know, his eyes would start getting really irritated. He's rubbing his eyes. It's not really his eye because it's all in the nostril. So I would take a tissue and I would sort of, you know, roll it so it was almost like tapered. So it was just like a a long tapered thing. And I, you know, he would be willing, this wasn't forced. I would shove this up his nose and that would give him some sense of relief. And uh, so now that is, that is called the daddy way. So he'll say, no, mommy, I don't want to blow my nose. I want to make the tissue the daddy way. I'd love to hear that story again, where (laughs) you are honest about the part about how it's not forced. And all of a sudden, the daddy way sounds pretty goddamn dark. No, it's, it is, it is absolutely <laughs> daddy way. encouraged. We, um, uh, first of all, I just want to stipulate, <laughs> I have not always been a good nose blower. And I thought, like so many things, I thought I could pull it off. And so I would do this thing. Where I'm not going to make the noise because that's kind of gross. Do it. it no, no, it's really gross. But, but imagine a child, the mother holds up the Kleenex and right. says, okay, blow your nose. And I would instead make a giant sucking in noise. And you could even see my chest filling with air. Right. It was obvious I was going and, and pulling it in. And she'd say, you know, you just did the opposite of what we're looking for here. I didn't do it. I thought it was, I thought it was awful. No, I was very, my nose, I think, was very sensitive. Um, living in Florida, I did not like salt water in my nose. Uh, you know, I didn't want to put my face underwater. This is very purging for me to get to talk about this stuff, Dan. So you're not a nose blower. I find it very purging. There's there's a lot of things I like to do. We could talk about our various purges. What about the neti pot? You do that? Oh, those are the best. You gotta get the you gotta get the squeeze one, the squeeze bottle. No, the the regular neti pot is very, you know, third world. Yeah, you might as well pick up some colloidal silver. What a scam! What is that? You never heard of colloidal silver? No. Look it up. No, that's a scam, Dan. Scam. You're talking about the salty water you squirt in your nose? Yes, exactly. I think James Randi already proved somewhere that that is, that is false. I got one. You know, I was trying. I got the, the Walgreens version of that. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. <sighs> do you do that tantric thing where it goes all the way around and comes out the other nostril? Yeah, well, it's not tantric. That's just what you do, and you squeeze it. Are you sure that's not tantric? You should ask your lady. No, it's Talk not. Said hi. Trust Talk me, said it's hi. not. Okay. Um, 
you don't eat you don't eat a lot of rice, obviously, right? Not very often. Once in a great while. This will eventually it's a nice turn little up. treat. Well, sure, it's not cheat food though. You already explained that to JXPX eleven thirty eight. But the uh, here's the thing. I don't know why this is. This will probably end up being something that ends up on a form in an emergency room. But every time I eat rice, I later have some in my nose. So I think there's some kind of uh, I don't know, like a glottal fissure. One of the great chess players of all time, by the way, Glottal Fisher. And I don't know what I was going to say, is. isn't he a jazz musician from the 40s? <laughs> he played the uh, alto sax. Yeah, sax trouble, player. Trouble he got a little horse problem. Him and Charlie Parker. Humanity horse. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why, but then like, I'll, I'll enjoy some rice. And then uh, an hour or two later, I have, uh, I have rice I have to blow out of my nose, and I don't know why. When you say nose, do you mean butt? Well, you know, rice is good. You know, if you ever get the diarrhea, you can get on the brat diet. You ever taken the brat diet? That's where you eat only bratwurst. That's <laughs> you are on today, man. Those forms have been good for you. You're, oh you're... man, ten ninety nine. Woo! Boom. Yeah, they're I, due uh... today. Like literally, literally. We'll do this. The we'll second the... that this show is over, I'm, I'm going to get in the car and drive office. to the damn post office. Um, bananas, rice, apples, and toast. If you ever got the trots, you, I've also heard it called the Bart diet. Which is only eating things you get on public transit on the way to the East Bay. Trots being short, short for trot, Trotsky. It's the Russian, Russian style diet. That's right. You get a pickaxe to the eye in Mexico. That's a very, very smart joke. Yeah, I don't I get think it. That's right. Wasn't he in Mexico when he got the? Uh, didn't get a pickaxe to the eye? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great I, name, Trotsky. That'd be a cute name. That'd be a pretty name for a girl. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm really sorry. This sick thing. I almost feel like I have this like baseline level of sick that's always just a little bit there. Like it's like a chronic illness where I'm always like 12 hours away from having a head cold. Now, this one has been a weird one. Sometimes the ones that start fast will, will end really fast. Like this one, I feel like it came in right in the middle. I came in the middle and I had already, I did, all I had was the end of a head cold. It was really weird. Probably because I drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of water. I have water right here. Oh, brother, that reminds me of something. We don't have time to get into this. We haven't talked about the uh, soda stream since oh, I got one. Dan, 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 Dan. I, I was literally screaming at my Instacast while you and Marco. I feel like John Syracuse. I, I had to sit there and suffer you guys and your ignorance about the soda stream system. I've tried so hard to help you with this. We don't have time. Let's cover it. Well, you don't have time for AD today. You got to go to the post office. What do you mean we don't have time? Well, I don't. I, I got nowhere to be. Seems like well, you just want to want to cut to something that you've got written down. No, I, I wrote. What is down. it? What is the Soda Stream that you tried to help us that we did wrong? What did we do wrong? I, I'm not here to correct you, Dan. This is your show. Do you really want? We, you know what? No. See, this drives people crazy. This is why I can't read the internet anymore. Um, but there are several things about the Soda Stream. First of all, let me ask you this. You've got your set of stream. Are you, are you generally happy with it? Oh, I, lo- I love it. Love everything about it. It's the best thing ever. Best thing in the world. And who, you're the one who likes the smaller bottles? No, Is that's that, Marco. I, that's I, Marco? I, the, the large bottles are not large enough. Right. You would get like the KFC uh, bucket of chicken special <laughs> size. If I I'm could just carbonate way. like, you know, those, the, the, in an, if you work in an office, how you take those big, you know, jugs of water that it takes, you know, either, either mm-hmm. one woman or three men to lift. And they yes. put them right up on top of the water cooler. And it, I would carbonate one of those. That would be one day's worth of, of carbonated water for, framp, our, for our household. Framp, 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 framp. 
<laughs> it's a great town. And of course, farted, we got like hard. we you got the sleeping hard. the sleeping baby. So I have to coordinate when I can carbonate around. Oh no, the nap that's time. part of my ritual. That's part of my ritual. Uh, at night, you know, I've got my little tasks I've taken upon myself. You know, <laughs> if I'm not doing bath in bed, it's usually the lady does the bath in bed, and I do a little bit of tidying and I take out the trash. And this is fascinating stuff and the compost because you know you should always be taking that out. And I carbonate before bedtime because I don't want to mag. <laughs> for the people who, for the five of you who have not yet pony up, gotten a soda stream. What's wrong with you people? Well, there's so much I want to ask you, Dan. I really we got to We put. I'll put it in the show notes. The ones that the one that that uh, we got because people are always they're very as soon as they hear it they say, oh, uh, which which one did you did you get? Which one did you get? I That's got right. the, the starter kit, the regular, the, the the entry level one. Oh, you didn't get the glass craft? No, I don't want no. glass. I don't exactly. want glass. See, this is the problem, Dan. I made all this so clear. By the way, we want to thank the lovely ladies at uh, HealthSpot for sponsoring our show notes. <laughs> they don't sponsor this show. Do you ever do you ever explain to people that that's a joke, or do they they honestly think that you're some like a sexist weirdo? Uh that yeah. No, I've never explained it. Thanks for ruining it. We should have a footnote show where we get to explain all the things that, that are confusing to people. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear that? Is that your 1099? <laughs> that, that? that is Form 1096, the annual summary uh, transmittal of U.S. information returns. This is what you send along with your completed 1099. I literally don't want to talk about that. That is, that is, I just, here's the thing. Yes, the glass bottles. I feel like I said all of this numerous, numerous times to you. I said, now did you get the one you thought was the fake chrome one? Yes. Aren't you pretty happy with it's it? It's not bad. I don't know well, what I was worried about. Well, no, I do. I do. You're, I don't want to say you're picky, but I think you're careful. You're careful. You don't want something in your home and you're extremely immaculate, like creepy clean kitchen. <laughs> right. Gonna, you've, never been, you've never been in my house. <laughs> Every photo I've seen of your place, it looks like something from Logan's Run. That's because you saw the pictures of the house after my wife got it ready to sell. I carefully examine all pictures of your home that you send me. Do you? Oh, do you like at, when I send you a picture of my little girl, you're less interested in her and you're more, oh, I wonder, I wonder what kind of I noticed blinds they have in the background. All of her toys were very well contained in one area and there was no sprawl. I did not see lots of tiny brown Legos all over the place. Well, no, because we just uh, implemented a new thing where I have given an entire room of my house, an entire room of my house is just for my son's toy crap. And I put a TV in there and I said, <laughs> no more shows of any kind for you. In the main room, the only place you can watch your shows is when, during TV time in your own, you know, room. Now that's just for you. But you are a hard ass, man. No, be, we've spent the last four and a half years. I haven't watched a single television show. An adult show has not been on in our house while mm-hmm. my while my son has been conscious. <laughs> no football on the weekends. No right. news in the evening. Nothing. The, you should the, get him his own place. Oh, I would love that. How do you do that? She, He's going to call it a mother-in-law. You Do I have to place co-sign? No, not at all. You just don't tell anybody. There's a lot of, they call them distressed properties. You go in there, all you have to do is agree that you will take the garbage out and then you will leave your son in there. You just call an oubliette. You get a hole in the roof, you drop him in. You put in some food, you drop in some uh, Hot Wheels and he's good to go. Drop in a little bit of elk and then maybe some kind of like a, like a, a drip. Now, now my, my kid will not touch the seltzer. She calls it fuzzy water. She oh, yeah, like no, he hates it too. What is that? Uh, What's the problem there? Mm, I think there's grown-up tastes and kid tastes, and I think that I think seltzer water, like uh, like asparagus and cilantro, is a very grown-up taste. Now, French fries, French fries is, is a good kid taste. Mm-hmm. 
You've denied him that. No, you give- no, no, no. That's his. That's his. Well, now we've got an answer for everything. More answer. strict. We've gotten a little more strict. So he's not having them now. But for a while, we would get him the ones. There's a, a great place here. They do grass-fed beef and they fry their uh, their French fries in olive oil instead of that horrible, uh, mm-hmm. you know, soybean and oh. whatever else. So that would be you know once every couple weeks. We get him that he'd enjoy that, but we potato, potato French fries. Yeah, regular potato French fries. At home, though, we would like bake the sweet potato ones. Uh, I like those. Like. Those are not nearly as horrible as they seem. They're they're pretty good. You can get used to them. Yeah. Um. So you have an Apple TV in his room. Is that the idea? Yes. I'm loving the Apple TV. Boy, we got, I, we got two of those. You told him I heard about you. you got one for watching MLB, and you got another one for <laughs> right. Yeah. And another one for you don't watch Clone Wars. What do you watch? What do you watch? Oh, you watch the uh, you watch the lemon the lemon show, right? Adventure Time, yeah. I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down right now. I gotta watch that. Well, you know, I told you this in a text the other day because you're the only person I sent text to. Uh, I still can't figure out messages. I'm completely baffled by messages. It's weird. But I sent you on my phone. I said that we, you know, I told you my new policy. We have a new policy, and I don't like making rules with my daughter. Like that seems weird. But like we do have a new policy, which is a no new franchise policy. We have enough franchises. We have enough franchises. A, and then B, we have enough toys involving numerous small parts. So that's kind of a rule. Like, we can get Star Wars books and stuff, but, like, my, my wife, whom I love, has really, it's kind of a no-fly zone for, for new Legos. We're done with new Legos. Hmm. I'm serious. Seems, foot's like a, seems brutal. No, no. We, we have plenty. When I take out Legos for us to play Legos, you know, the boxes, you know, like the boxes with the lid? We have, like, five of those. Mm. With mostly Duplos. Um, but my, you know, my foot's like a cheese grater, like from stepping on brown Legos in the middle of the night. Mm. It's brutal. It's like Caltrops. It's ridiculous. Cal what? Caltrops. Who is that? Caltrops. Uh, it's those things that a ninja throws down for you to run on and hurt your feet. Oh, the little triangular, like three point, four point things that you chuck down there. Like you could, like the what the cops use when they're they want to get the guy to stop and he won't stop and they can't manage to brush him off the side of the road so they, they release these things like a James yeah, Bond like t- thing tire shredders mm-hmm. 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 boy I have so much I want to talk to you about Dan and none of it has anything to do with what people supposedly listen to this show for let's just do one of those shows we'll do a, a show like that we'll just you know we're not being Does featured that, you read the mail does that make people mad what are we, is that okay if we do stuff like that no, let's read some mail See, no, don't do that. Please don't, in here. please don't read it to me. I'm literally begging you. Um, so here's what I said to you. Here's what I said to you. And as is so often the case, I think you were reading X-Men while I was talking, which is fine. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Hmm. <clears throat> do you not pronounce it Kurt, Kurt Wagner or Wagner? <laughs> I say Wagner. And Wagner. It feels a little, okay. We just started with the official, like, uncanny number one 1975 last night we got halfway into it because we've, we've i've been working her into this slowly and we finally sat down and read x-men uh uncanny x-men one last night then she wanted to do something else because you know it's it's a lot of reading oh yeah it is oh we saw him get rescued they threw torches at him that's no good i like that guy now is he the guy who disappears can he disappear you mean teleport yeah why wouldn't he when he was a little puff of smoke why wouldn't he do that when the crowd jumps on him I don't know. There's some inconsistencies there, but you're talking about uh, Nightcrawler, Kurt, yeah. as, Wagner, as yeah. his friends would call him. With a K. And he, uh, he is actually, can I tell you this or ruin it? He is Mis- the- Mystique's son. Wait a minute. That's not the Halle Berry lady. No, Halle Berry is Storm. Oh, God. Mystique is the other beautiful uh, model. 
I'm going to be Giselle. So what is her name? Giselle. Giselle. Something. I, you know, is that her? Or is that no? That's a different. I forget the girl's name. Beautiful woman, though. Mostly naked in the movie, which is. Oh, the blue lady. Yeah, the blue lady. That's Mystique. I love when the blue lady comes into the, the bald guy's house when he's young. I love that. Did you see that uh, first class movie? I know. It's on my list. Oh, it's really Thanks good. for ruining it, though. Like, it's really good. You know who's good in that? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. I wish Very he was good. in that. He's so good. He's in it. He's, he's, he's he the was. guy. He, he makes Meg. He has a. Let's just say, no spoilers. He gives Magneto a pretty hard time when he's a kid. Is that a euphemism? Mm-hmm. Not an ideal situation. I've never understood Germans. Kurt Wagner. Okay, and I'm, what am I writing down? The Lemon Show. Adventureland. What's it Adventure called? Time. And Lemon Grab is not... It, you know, have you ever... you familiar with a band called The Doors? Oh, right, right, right. With the guy that died in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, you know the, the song that they do, People Are Strange? Mm-hmm. You know how that is a great song, but unlike so much of their other stuff? And even, even more, a maybe better example would be uh, Hello, I Love You, that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unlike all of their other stuff. And if you were to listen to a lot of their oh. other it's not... That's like the Lemon Grab episode of Adventure Time. It's great. It's a great song. It just, it's a, a great episode, but it's totally unlike all of the other Adventure Times. It stuff. would be like getting into Yellow Submarine and thinking that's what the Beatles sound like. Yeah. Okay. All right. All so right. he's only one episode, but he's that famous. I see him everywhere. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty cool. Lemon Grab. That sounds dirty. Adventure Time. Okay. I thought I was very clear about this with you, Dan. I feel like I was very, very clear about this. What I said was, stop overthinking this stuff. Go out and get the soda stream and then get some giant-ass carbonators. Now, I mean, if you go to the Williams-Sonoma, all they have is those little wimpy ones, which I generally blow through by myself in four days because I have a problem. How long is it, would, would, should it last regular? How do you know when it's getting low? Can you tell? They do, they do that Steve Jobs like battery time estimate thing. Oh. It says it says sixty liters on it, but there just aren't enough air quotes for sixty liters. Up mm. to, you know, I don't get anything near sixty liters out of that. My other thing, I would say, buy a lot. It sounds like you bought more of the bottles, which is good. Yeah, you don't need you don't need the penguin. You don't need the glass. You need lots of those, and you're good to go. We shouldn't talk about this. No one cares. But I I I, I think that will bring joy to your life. It's so nice. It's very very refreshing. It's a lot like drinking a beer, but without being a drunk. It's got a nice kind of sizzle to it. It feels good. It's like drinking a cheap American beer. You don't get that? You never drank beer. I've drank a lot of beer. Okay. Well, you were handsome when you were young. I know. And drunk. Mm, boy. Maybe that contributed to the handsomeness. Adventure time. What else you got? That's it. You want to wrap this up? Yeah. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. Mm, crumble. Let's see. I did have topics, but they're, they're really rambly. So let's just, you know, what's your show? Hmm. You and Mark are talking about cars. Yeah. Well, that's like, his show. That's his show. You really like cars, don't you? Me, no. Hmm. You have two cars. That doesn't mean We have like half a car. It's like if you have a rat in your house, you don't like rats necessarily. Well, you maybe you want, to, it. you want to get rid of it. You know what? That's good. That's good. Hmm. Good week? Big week. Huge week. Next <laughs> week is even bigger. They just announced the iPad 3 event. You going? Um, you going? Where is it? Where's it, where's it, where's it going to be? It's in your backyard, Mr. San Francisco. Oh, no, nope, nope. Wouldn't go to that. No. No, I must go to San I think it's got sick building syndrome. I, I think that's where everybody gets sick. <laughs> you know about sick building syndrome? I guess I do. Mm-hmm. I, I call it off-gassing. Is that, is that real? It might be Scott Forstall. Maybe he off-gasses. I don't know. I have Not out-gassing? Uh, off-off-gassing? 
Outgassing? Is that what it's called? I don't know. You said mm. it. A lot of people. A lot of people out there believe in a lot of crazy stuff. Um, that's exciting. iPad 3. That'll be great. Um, <laughs> that's good, I guess, right? It's a, it's a new, new iPad. Yeah. Excited about that? Well, it depends on what the announcement has to... I'm excited about iOS apps right now. I have, I have recently gotten some iOS apps that I'm very, very, very happy with. Let's hear about them, Merlin. Isn't I it, wonder, what could they be? See, no, I, think I, second, I second guess our show, because I can never tell. Are, are, just tell me in general, are people generally happy with the show? Uh, true. Okay, good. Um, I, uh, I just got this new one. Uh, I don't remember the name of it. I should go... I don't have my phone. See, when I... Here's the <laughs> wow. thing again. You really know should, how to sell it, man. I sit down with you and you know what? Eye of the tiger. You got two right here on you 100%. Yeah. I put my phone. You know what I do? I take my phone. I plug it in and I put it inside of my hat so I won't even hear it buzzing. What do you mean hat? It's like a, this is it's part of my permanently like, homeless looking uh, look. I, I, wear, I wear like a wool cap all the time. It keeps my head warm. You really? Oh, yeah. I'm real creepy looking. Do you ever just pull a woman's pantyhose over your face when you walk into a bang? Yeah, sandal foot. Or sandalwood. Which right. one is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I always ask before I tear them off. I just think that's polite. Nice. Um, that's exciting. <sighs> I had an idea. You want to button this up? Yeah. Um, anyway, you don't really want to talk about productivity stuff probably, right? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. Well, I had two things I wanted to talk about, and, and I, I can't decide if they're related, but I'm very interested in them. Well, let's, um, let's get to it. Okay. I had two ideas, and you can pick one. I, I, have, I had uh, one idea. I haven't thought about either of these, but I, I'm very excited about them both, and I, I figure it'll work itself out. One I'm very excited about is a, I, uh, the topic I'm calling it uh, the cost of clutter. And the other one is, I don't know what it's called, but it has somehow to do with Mr. Rogers and um, Marco's post about uh, the sign in the bathroom. You, no, you don't have any clutter at all in your home, so that probably wouldn't appeal to you. That's not true. It seems to me clutter would not have a big half-life in your house. Like, like for example, like, do you ever buy newspapers? Do you like buy like a Sunday New York Times or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, this, I, don't, I don't even know how to say it. My sense is that you're kind of a pod person, Dan. Like you, you don't go to the mall, like <laughs> the idea of like reading a newspaper on Sunday afternoon, just like you don't, wow. You, you, don't, you never buy like a Sunday New York Times. You get the magazine and everything. No, I, I don't have time for that. I would love. I would love to do that. I would love it. I would love to sit Sunday afternoon. What do you have to do? You playing golf? Like what the hell are you doing on a Sunday that you can't read the goddamn paper? I, well, I don't know how it works with your family, but I'm I'm constantly busy here at home. Whenever I'm if I'm not working. If I'm not working, a hundred percent of my time goes to you know helping with my son and helping my wife with the the baby, running errands, doing things like that. It, it never it never ends, never ends. There's no I have not had any real free time. In, in this might years. be a better topic. That's a very interesting thing because you don't sound happy about it. No, I'm, not, I'm I miss I miss having free time. I mean, I accept I accept that I don't have it, but I sure but do. You, miss you it. can't find a way to make that a, like a fun family thing. Is it, is it really that much drudgery? No, it, it's a lot of it is fun, but it, it's not like I can sit back and read a newspaper. Like that just seems like the, like luxury. It sounds like your son, a, you your know, son is very energetic. Men right? of men of luxury get to read newspapers and on their own and be un, uninterrupted <gasps> for more know. than a few minutes at a time. And huh. it's, I don't know what that's like. Hmm. 
I remember even it. You, even when you had one, you, you couldn't sit down and, and read the uh, fashion section or something? <laughs> no. No. You're a pod person. What is that? I, I like I like the sound of it, but I don't, I don't you know. You might be a pod person. You never go to the mall at all. I try to avoid a mall. Okay, you go to Whole Foods and the Zafu store, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> I, I go lots of places. I just don't, I don't like the, you know, the mall, really, because it's all yeah, enclosed. The lighting is weird. It's you know not I natural. Really, I, I don't like the mall. I mean, I've told you this before, but the mall, like at first, I get to the mall, and it's like, hey, it's the mall, right? That's fun. And then, like, I'm in there for, like, like probably, like, two minutes, and I'm already angry. It's just the, the whole mall is it's so suffocating to me. I end up having to get things there. The mall near our house, they have an Apple store. They got the titular uh, William Sonoma, where you get the you know the soda streams. But but the thing they do at our mall now, they're, they're they're suffering fools gladly. You know, you got those little kiosks, get those crummy little kiosks with the buckwheat pillows and the stupid sunglasses and all that stuff. They 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 now let those people cajole you like a carnival barker while you're walking <laughs> through there. You've got people coming up and going, "Would you like a lotion demonstration?" Like, no. I'm just, my daughter and I are walking. Please don't talk to me. I don't, should I be obligated to say no thank you to them, do you think? I don't say, I don't say anything at all to them. Now, do you think that makes us mean? No. I don't think you should have to respond to people who are selling things. I I think, I think that should just be part of the You shouldn't have to respond to people, period. I remember when I worked at Babbage's when I was in high school. There are these, huh? Video games, video games, computer Yeah, computer, video game stuff. No, no hardware, just, you know. Well, that's not true. They did sell sound carts video cards for a little while but mm-hmm. i you know there would be these these uh two kids in there they seemed like brothers and they were asian of of some form one of them would talk to you and the other one if you walked up to him he would just walk away really quickly from you like and, and we were required as part of our job we had to go over yes man man every single guest it was like the rule every single guest to the store hello sir may i please help you find anything today and so i would have to and the manager would be watching so you'd have to walk over to the, the this kid, and he would like, like it, he almost acted like you you had stabbed him in you know in 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 the kidney or something. The way he would react, like with the sort of shock and surprise, and he would just sort of like shift over as quickly as possible to another section and pretend to be just fascinated by whatever was on the shelf right there. And if 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 you dared approach him again, he would very quickly just keep doing that, and you could chase him around the store that way. And uh, I think that's perfectly a valid way to be if somebody tries to sell you something. And uh, and neither of you were happy in that transaction, but you had to do it because the manager... The manager was... They knew. They were always watching. I think I know why you're supposed to do that. And I think it's it's very simple and very... I won't say cynical, but I think it's very practical. There's exactly one reason that you're supposed to do that. They're going to say that it's... So they feel like there's a high level of customer service. I think it's so you won't shoplift. Mm. I think you once... You could see it, that. As you know, coming up to somebody and showing you, you might as well come up to them to say, you might as well just approach them and say, don't try anything. And then just keep staring at them for a minute. That would be just as personable to me. It'd be just like doing this show. This is my thing. This is what drives me crazy with restaurants. It drives me crazy with, with anything is the whole like fake service thing. You know, like, like the place where I buy my hot dogs, like no offense, guys, <laughs> but like they're trying really hard to do that fake high service thing, which is just maddening to me. Because I, I want to have, I want to have like the most. I, I want them to be, I want them to be like a vending machine that just happens to have lungs. I like, I want to show up. I want to put money down. I want to say something, and I don't want another word. I just want to walk out of there. I always tip, big tipper. Nice, right? nice. But I go in and I say something like, "Could I please have a Chicago dog with no onions and spicy mustard to go?" 
and say, "All right, Scott, you're in there, you know that real murky kind of way you talk when you're when you're a restaurant tour. You know, you talk in this really kind of like proactive way." So now, now they're talking to me now about my hot dog. And I want to talk about my hot dog. I've just given you like incredibly detailed, easy to understand. You do this literally every day. There should not be any more conversation. And then, of course, they, 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 they take my money and ask me if I want to punch my card. Every single time I say, no, I don't carry a card. Please don't give me a card. I don't want any more cards. Right? And then they go over there and they say, uh, no onions? And I say, yes, no onions. Regular mustard or spicy mustard? Spicy mustard. You want me to wrap it up? No, no. Just like every single day, I, I, I literally just want you to put it in my hand and I'm going to walk out of here and I just don't want to have another word. Now, I know this makes me a bad person, but like, you know, it's in the same way that like the waiter who comes up and, and like, you know, asks you how the food is while you're like retching. Like, no, you don't, if you, you would have noticed, you would have noticed. Yeah, give me more water. I, the food is not good. Like, stop talking to me and, and just help me. Do you know what I'm saying, Dan? And I certainly don't like it when people at the sunglasses place go, you know, would you like a free sunglasses evaluation? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I, I just keep walking. I just keep heading over to the, you know, the Apple store. Oh, this is the show that proves I'm a bad person, I think. It's, it's a show we've been waiting to do for almost a year, about a year, Here, over a year. Here's the thing. I have this office. It's I know. Off. And how cool is that? You have your, like your own, people need to understand that you've got your own little personal private office. Mm-hmm. What is it? Second floor, fifth floor? No. It's up there. No. Less than null. It's, I, up high. I no. it's up high. I have no response to anything regarding anything involving location. Okay. So you've got this loft that you can look out, you can see the whole city, you can no. see the lights at night. Actually, you know what? No. And here's the point. It's like it, it, was, it has been like a filthy little cave. Uh, the whole reason I got this was so that my kid could have a room, right? Y- you understand, obviously, that there are certain uh, things that make it can make it very challenging when you work at home on a lot of levels. It certainly is convenient, but I was able to find a place uh, near my house uh, that was, you know, affordable enough. And uh, it's funny, though, because when I first moved in here, I, I thought like, oh, this will be like a studio and it'll be fun and people will come in and, you know, I'll have parties and stuff. And, and pretty soon it really was like totally silence the lambs in here, like really bad. Like, What does that mean, problem, silence the lambs in there? Like the dude in the basement. You know, I guess he, he it was tidier. It was tidier, a little tidier, but, you know, I don't wear a necklace or anything. Oh, the necklace is creepy. But, um, but it got to where, so what I should explain partly is, and this is not an uncommon thing in San Francisco, is you may not have garbage service with your, like, small, little crappy place like I have. I don't have, I don't have garbage service. And so I have to be one of those disgusting people who, like, goes and uses the public garbage cans, you know? And so, you know what it is? Any resistance. Know. Well, I, you know, it's like those people who like put all their trash out by the public garbage cans. You don't get this because you live in the suburbs, but this is like a thing. You have excess trash. There's all kinds of rules about how much trash they'll take. Long story short, I think when there's any resistance to stuff like that, especially if you're like me, it's easy enough. It's much easier for me to tolerate like 7,000 cardboard coffee cups than it is for me to like make the effort to do something about it. And when it gets to a certain point and you get truly slovenly about it, you know, you just kind of give in. And it accumulates. So long story short, I had to get my office like tidied up uh, because of like a, a building inspection. And like I learned that somebody besides me was going to have to come in the door. And so it turned, it's turned out to be really great. Like I'm really happy with, you know, the fact that I've tidied up. But it was really weird because 
I, I'd forgotten. First of all, I am really good at compartmentalization. I'm very good at ignoring all those coffee cups and all those Snapple bottles and all that other stuff that was just kind of sitting around, even though it was really gross. And in some part of my brain was being eaten up with that. But, you know, and you know me, right? Like, I'm not minimalist guy. Like, I don't need to have like a, you know, clean desk in order to do whatever it is I'm doing. But it was really interesting because like in the past like five days, I've had to go through, you know, anthropologically, archaeologically, go through all of this stuff from like the last year or so. And it's just really weird. It's, it's got me thinking about clutter, right? So, so first of all, I mean, we might want to come back to this in the future because there's, there's this book I really, really, really like a lot and I really recommend. And, and uh, if you would want to come back to this in the future, there's, it's a book called It's All Too Much by Peter Walsh, who's this guy from TV. But it's this I think I've mentioned it on here before, but it's this, it's a it's not one of those clutter books that's like, hey, real simple kind of thing. Here's here's where to buy plastic things and cedar hangers. It's more like, well, your problem is not storing your stuff. Your problem is a an unhealthy emotional attachment to physical objects that are not making your life better. Right? So certainly there are people who are, as they say, hoarders. I don't think of myself as like a hoarder, although I do apparently keep stuff I totally don't need. And it wasn't until like I went through all that stuff that I realized um, like how much that clutter kind of was getting in my way. And I, I really learned this when I had to clean out the Dyson after I'd swept. And I realized that no matter who you think you are as a human, nothing tells a story about you quite like what's in the Dyson. Do you know what I'm saying? Like your house, you probably sweep. You know, you run your, you run your uh, vacuum a couple times a day probably. But when I did that, like I learned so much about like <laughs> what I've actually been doing. Yeah, I'm not going to go into details, but I mean there was a lot, of, there's a lot of stuff in there that says, you know, this isn't necessarily about making good stuff. You know, you find, you find little bits of pills and, you know, and, and tobacco and, and, and spilled coffee and stuff like that. And uh, what, are you, what are you, rolling your own cigarettes? I don't smoke. But, but what's funny about that, though, is um, the thrust of that book that, that really got me in maybe the second chapter of the book, and again, like a lot of those books, you know, it could really be a big pamphlet and be just as useful. But he has this one chapter called Excuses, and he goes through all the reasons that we come up with for why we keep stuff. And so if I had to like state in, in my words, and I haven't read the whole book through in a while, but if I had to state the thesis of it's all too much in a, you know, elevator pitch, it's that, it's sort of along the lines of, uh, I found out it's not Eames, it's actually William Morris, the designer William Morris, who said something about uh, everything in your life should be, I got the actual quote, because I'm, if you want a golden rule that will fit everybody, this is it. Have nothing in your houses that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. And so Peter Walsh's spin on that kind of an approach is, that everything that you choose to keep in your life should have a role in getting you closer to the life you want rather than some mysterious fake life that you don't actually have or wished you had. Do you know what I mean? A, a classic example. That quote just sounds so impossible to me. Doesn't impossible. it sound impossible to actually do it? Well, there's a lot of maxims that are impossible but are still a, a pretty good yardstick for deciding if you're going in the right direction. Yeah, but it... it, it so, I'm not sure almost, could, could measure that, but it, it seems to me like that kind of thing, that kind of statement, only makes people feel bad. It could, but let me real people. Okay, but like, do you have? Think about like you guys seem to do a lot of cooking in order to support your uh, outsider lifestyle. So <laughs> and what's, our, what's our a, doomsday prepper 
lifestyle. But like also, yeah. also you're someone who's very sensitive, not sensitive to, but you're, you like good design and things, right? So like the things that you have, like, like obviously you probably aren't big on like potato peelers, but something along those lines. Think about something to ju- <laughs> like a juicer or something like that. Like the juice weasel? <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. I don't even know what that means, but it's very funny. Um, have you ever had to use an ugly, dull, perhaps yes. even rusty potato peeler? Yes. Like one of those really junky ones you get at Walgreens yes. because you just didn't have one? Okay, well, that's neither useful nor beautiful. It's not fun to use, right? It, the the uh, Cuisinart, right? The coffee maker that we all have. Like I'm very satisfied with that because it, it has come to fulfill a role of being extremely useful, and it's certainly not unbeautiful, but... I mean, just because you can't reach the standard of everything being useful and beautiful doesn't mean that you shouldn't take something from that larger pattern, which is how much of the stuff that you end up hanging on to, not you, but normal non-pod people, how much of the stuff you end up hanging <laughs> on to has any role at all in, in like what you're trying to produce and what you're trying to make and how you're trying to live, which sounds very lofty until, let's just say, for the sake of argument, like you go, in, not you, but again, normal people, you go into your kitchen, you go into that one or three drawers that you have all those little dinguses in, take them all out, put them in a box. You'd be amazed how many of those you never use or how many of those you wish you had a better version of. How about this? Getting your knives sharpened. Getting your knives sharpened, like it changes my life when the knives are sharpened. Because I sit around and I'm bummed when the knives aren't sharpened. But I'll just go like to my, my sister-in-law who threw, him, threw away my glasses, not that I'm angry. But she's a chef and she's great at sharpening knives. I come home with sharpened knives, I got a whole new outlook on life. Man, I would love to get the knives we have sharpened. They're so you got to find a place. Find like a, uh, like a, not a flea market, but like a uh, farmer's market. There's usually a real creepy guy there that'll sharpen your knives. <laughs> you know, guys who get real good at knife sharpening, you know, I don't think they're doing a lot of like dance classes in church. Uh, they social. sharpen it by hand or they put it in one of those machines or... Well, you I remember mean, I, how how the bull when he would be sharpening his horns with the, in the Bugs Bunny, and he, oh, he'd, sure. he'd be he'd it's have a big sharp, wheel but... going, and he'd have one foot on the on it, and he'd be like, you know, sharpening the two horns. He once says, "Good and sharp." I do remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> now here's another one. one. Now again, this is probably not you. This is something I have to deal with every week or two. We got this thing on the refrigerator where we put like kind of current stuff. It could be bills, it could be whatever, but it's also it's got a little place for pens. In our case, like a little pair of scissors. Now, this sounds silly, but I think these things add up. Like when my wife tidies, she picks stuff up and like puts them in there. By the end of the week, there's like 35 pens in there. We only really need like two of those. We need the Identa pen, right? We need this little uniball, like, and we need the one pair of scissors. But what happens? You put all that stuff in there. This is not my wife's fault. I mean, but, but y- y- this happens. You accumulate all of this stuff. You have these things like a junk drawer. Like what is a junk drawer really? I mean, it's, it's stuff you haven't made a decision about, <laughs> you know? If it had a place to live, you would put it there because you needed to keep it. And in that case now, I think you go dark. I think it's like our work. You get stuff into a pile. Your to-do list becomes a pile. It becomes cluttered. And the problem is all that stuff that you allow to stay around, I think that burns cycles. In my case now, all I want to do is get a goddamn pen, but I have to go, you know what I'm talking about, where you jam like 50 pens into a little thing and you can't even like get them out? It's like having too many books on a shelf. But what's weird is I'll, t- I'll take those out. I'll take out all those pens and I'll, I'll put them sometimes in a junk drawer, but I'll often throw out a bunch of almost dead pens. And like the two pens that are in there are suddenly much more valuable to me. I have less stuff than I did before, but now that's much more valuable to me. Now, a classic example Peter Walsh mentions that I think is really salient, as you say. Um, you're a slender guy, but you know, a lot of us as we get older, we gain weight. Um, 
we get a little bigger around the middle. But let's say you've got a pair of like, I don't know, I don't even know what the kids buy anymore, but you buy like some of those $100 diesel jeans or something. like Jordache. Jordache. Okay, you get some Jordy LaForge jeans. You know, you go spend a bunch of money on those jeans and suddenly you become a big fat ass and you can't fit in those jeans anymore. So what do you do? Well, a lot of people will keep those jeans. Sunk cost, right? They've already spent all that money on that. And certainly a day will come when you lose weight and can fit into those theoretically valuable things again. And so you keep them. And you keep them for a year. And you keep them for two years. You keep them for five years. You hang them in your closet with all the other stuff that doesn't fit anymore that you never wear, right? T-shirts from events you've been to, all that stuff. I mean, I think that really accumulates and that keeps pulling you back into this place where you either used to be or never really were. And the other, some of the other examples he gives, and I really, again, um, it's all too much by Peter Walsh. If you read nothing else but this one chapter on excuses, you know, I might need this someday. That should be the hoarder's credo. You could, you could start a whole scrapbook just about, I, I might need this someday. But there's other ones, like uh, you go, uh, oh, this might be really valuable, right? My, my, um, you know, my Captain America glass from Arby's from 1977 might be a collector's item. Again, maybe not you, but if you, you've known people like this, they keep all of this stuff in boxes, sometimes with tape on the boxes. They move it from house to house. You never look at it. It's not really a collection because you don't put it anywhere. It just sits there. So Peter Walsh says, well, if you think something's valuable, why don't you take that thing, go look it up on eBay, and find out what it's really worth. Because when you find out it's worth a nickel, like, do you still want to keep it? Because really, you're keeping that because there's some emotional attachment to that. Yeah. Like your kids' drawings. Do you keep every one of your kids' drawings? Well, you know, and again, not, not to overquote this guy, but I think it's super sensible. Well, if you really, really, really like some of your kids' drawings, why don't you keep a few and like frame them? Or something, right? We've done that. Like my kid used to like to draw on paper plates. And the first time she drew like a really funny like smiley face, we framed it because it looks really cool. We don't keep 60 paper plates around. Like what are you going to do with that stuff? And all of the like cubic inches of space that that takes up end up eating up cycles in your brain. Like in my case, I had a path in the office where I could easily get from the door to my computer and to the toilet. That's all I needed. All I needed was a path. But all the stuff on either side of that whether it's the coffee cups or whether it's the drafts or, you know, whether it's like bills that were paid a year ago. Like, why do I have any of that stuff? And I, the, the point I think I might be trying to make is to first of all, read that book. If you struggle with any of this, if you've got stuff in garbage bags in your garage that you're keeping because it's a family heirloom, like, why don't you ask yourself, like, if it's that special and important, why is it in a garbage bag? In my case, when I, I, but maybe you don't have that, but you would be amazed how many people, if you go to like a family member's house and you're like, what is in all of those boxes? Oh yeah. No, I, I, one time I cleaned out my mom's garage for her and she's not like a hoarder, but she had crap in there. Like exactly what you're describing. A lot of it in trash bags, old containers. And it's like toys that I had when I was five that had melted many times over in the heat of the Florida garage. And she's like, Oh, I, you know, those were your toys and you're, I'm like, well, nobody's going to play with them. Maybe you give them to your son. I'm like, look at them. They were probably really toxic in the (laughs) seventies. And now there's something else. They're not even a toy anymore. Like why are you, they're all stuck to like the 18 dinosaurs that were all, you know, made out of rubber have now become one giant beholder dinosaur. That's like, nobody (laughs) wants that, you know? Oh, well, it was your, you know, first dinosaur. I'm like, come on. 
get rid of it. So I just, I cleared out everything. And I was able to do it because I have no, I have very, very little attachment. This is a Buddhist area, but yeah. I have very little attachment to physical things. I really don't care about them. I mean, obviously, if you buy something, you should take very good care of it. You should make it last as long as possible. But if something happens to that thing or it's outlived its usefulness, I have no problem whatsoever saying, I no longer need this item. It is no longer useful to me. Move on. I have I have no uh, or, or almost no sentimental value or attachment to physical things. Well, this is one of those very rare occasions where I will ask you, I will say that this is not for you. But but I would ask you to be sympathetic to the people in our audience. Or well, I used it, to be that way. I used to almost right. personify stuff. I used to say, oh, I can't get rid of that Spider-Man. I mean, look at him. He, he'd feel sad if I got I'm talking about when I was younger. Yes. Oh, you know, he'd feel you almost personified in your mind. You almost feel bad for the thing. There's a great, oh, man, I wish we could find this for the show notes. There's this great Ikea commercial, which uh, maybe you've seen this, where there's this like lamp and it's like this sort of older lamp and... You know, oh, right. they're taking and the person sort of like takes it out and they put it down to this place is sort of sappy music and they they put it down by the curb and like they show it getting picked up and they show I think they even showed it like going to the dump and it's like rolling in the dump with all the it's trash. A good ad, really and then good at, ad. at the end of it, like I think there's a guy who comes on and it's like, uh, it's a lamp. And then it says Ikea. It was like something essentially like that. And, and it shows the person like getting a new lamp at Ikea. And that was the whole point of it. It's like. You know, it's it's just this thing. But I I used to do that. I used to have a hard time throwing anything out. And then it, it, after I was sort of, you know, more meditation and things like that and, and learning more about it, I said, what, what is it? You know, that, as Ty- Tyler Durden said it best, right? The things oh, you boy. own own you, man. That's the, um, I don't know what you call it in, in the book world, but that's the quote at the beginning of the Peter Walsh book from that terrible mo- movie you like. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's terrible. Kind of our movie, really. But you know, here's the other thing: is um, well, you know what? I should I should uh, just go grab my. Oh, iPhone. Josh! Josh has just IM'd me with the lamp commercial for the show notes, so you okay. can go to well, five by five dot tv slash. Talk about it for twenty B. seconds, and I'll be right back. Keep talking. Okay, go to five by five tv slash b two w slash fifty six, which is the uh, this episode. And right now, this will be in the show notes. But for those of you uh, who are along at home, uh, there is the. Uh, yeah, we'll have to. I'm going to put a marker here so you can put the audio of this in. You know, you can. Uh, There's a little red lamp, can... red lamp sitting there on the side of the road. <laughs> this is being rained on right now. Hmm. It's rain falling on this little lamp. It's just on the street corner. People are walking by. It shows a shot of the woman with her new lamp in her apartment as the old lamp is sitting there on the curb. slowly panning but now the little lamp now she's turned off her lamp and the light also is now off on the little lamp that's forlornly hmm. sitting there by the trash hmm. many of you feel bad for this lamp that is because you're crazy it has no feeling and the new one is much better and then ikea unboring it's pretty good so that'll be in the show notes <laughs> I'm going to whip through a few of these. Well, um, I'm going to cover this in just half a second by just basically reiterating this guy's book. But one, one of his, you know, per your mom, um, I think one of them is, I'm saving this because somebody special in my family might want or need it someday. All right. Right? So here, here we go. Here's some excuses. And again, apologies to Peter Walsh. I think he's Australian, so I don't think they have the internet there. Uh, excuse number one, I might need it one day. 
Now, if you're like my, my parents and my grandparents, you made it through the depression, you know that's true, right? You never know. You might have cholera, so, so you'll need that string. Um, excuse number two, it's too important to let go. Some sentimental value, family history. I'm literally just reading this book now. Um, I can't get rid of it. It's worth lots of money, you know, like my cool cat glass or whatever. Um, my house is too small. I don't have the time. Uh, I don't know how it got like this. All the reasons that we face clutter. And so what he says is like, you could even go through for every room in your house. And this, I know not you, Dan, but for some people, this is such a fantastical idea. But imagine every room in your house, like thinking about what you'd like to be doing in that room. And like how many of us have a place that's like, a, in my grandparents' case, they had like a utility room where my grandma would do her crafts. And she was, you know, really tidy and she used it for crafts. Like it was organized um, to be, you know, useful for craft stuff. But again, you know, there are a lot of us, like in the case of my office, well, my office should be a place where I, I, I would want to bring somebody, like where my, my kid could come in and play, where I could pace around because I'm a pacer, you know, and where I shouldn't... <laughs> Where I shouldn't have to look at all of those coffee cups from, from you know, previous years. But the, the, the thing at the heart of this is, I think, again, so, so that's the, the positive thesis of that book and of the theory that I'm trying to move toward here is that stuff can get in the way of the life that you would like to have. And whether that's in a room or, or whether that's in your mind, like that stuff that you keep around, there's more to it than just the stuff right? This is, this, is, this is the thing. Like the kid's drawing that you don't want to throw away is really not about a piece of paper. It's about feeling like you're saying, I don't, I love this person less by getting rid of this thing, right? The stuff in the like, like dead grandma's photos that are in the garbage bag in the garage, like that is so telling if you think about it. Because on the one hand, it's your feeling that like I'm disrespecting this person I love and miss. But at the same time, it's not like you're doing it any great honor by having it just sit there, you know? And, if, and, and, and not to go all dark here, but I mean, if you've ever had to clean out the house of somebody who died in your family, it's the worst. It's, it's so awful because you jump in and you go, oh my gosh, this is so great. And like, oh, look at this thing. And somebody, else. but like, who's going to keep all that ugly furniture? Like, who's going to put all that in their house? Who's going to put all of those clothes that you've seen them wear for 20 years? Like, who, what are you going to do with all of that? And like by day three of doing that, it's so physically and emotionally exhausting, you know, but then what do you do? You're going to box it all up and send it to yourself. You're going to get a storage unit to put all of that in. Like, what, what are you going to do with all of that stuff? And, um, I got, and a, I, just, I got a great story to tell you. Yeah. I, I keep going. No, I don't want to Well, no, that's, that, that's really mostly what I wanted to say. And I, I wanted to, I just, it was interesting to me. So that's the Peter Allen, Peter Allen, <laughs> Liza Minnelli's ex, um, Peter Walsh. But the part of that that really, I, I, I've really Wasn't believed Was he a guitarist that, in the Eagles? No, no, no. No, I think you're thinking of Don Felder, uh, who is not Don Henley. Oh, no. He was the guy that did that uh, Life's little- Life's been good to me so far? Little, the little fish under the water and, and the old movie, the that's animated a great, that's, movie. That's a, great, that's a great record. It's him, right? I'm talking about uh, the guy who ran for president. Life's been good to me so far, Joe Walsh. Mm -hmm. hmm. Can you identify the two different solos in Hotel California? Like who's doing which one? Mm hmm. Hmm. I could, well, I could definitely tell you the Joe Walsh one. The Joe Walsh one screams. That's the only one I care about. Yeah, Don Felder. He, they just kept him around. Um, so I'm going to hear your story. But all I was going to say was in my case, so I believed in this for a long time. And I guess maybe three or four years ago, my wife and I did this at our house. We took this approach of like, seriously, like, you know, let's look at everything we have here and ask whether we need to have this. And the, the way this was germane for me is I felt like 
I think I've said this on here before, but I think like it's pronounced German. German, sorry, I've never understood Germans. But the like when I was in college, I would move. You move a lot in college, and I would just keep moving these same boxes with the same tape, with the same stuff. I'd never open it up because, in some ways, those were emotional Pandora right. boxes. No, exactly. And you probably brought like you brought it from home, taking it to college, and you never even opened it when you got there. Yeah, and like not to get too personal, but like when I got divorced and had to move out of the house that I was in in a hurry, like it was ridiculous. I was, and I was, I was breaking my own rule, like <laughs> my, my rule of like never fill giant boxes with stuff because they're really hard to carry. You know, like a, like, a, like, a, like a box from like a liquor store is the perfect size for most stuff, especially books. And in my case, I'm getting giant like furniture boxes and just, just crying and throwing things over my shoulder into this box. And they would just sit there in the garage. And it was like garbage. It was just stupid stuff where I would just accumulate all of this. Anyway, I don't know if this is, if this is something that applies. No, I do know. I do know that this applies to a lot of you. And, and so why am I talking about this here? Well, I've had, a, it's weird, as somebody who's not bothered by clutter and someone who's far from obsessed with minimalism in any form or fashion, especially in the physical world, it is funny though how much better it felt to get rid of that stuff. And uh, what I want to get to hopefully by the end of the episode is some, what I have found to be some very practical ways of dealing with this if you get past the emotional part, some actual physical, practical ways to deal with this. But, but the bigger pattern that, that I'd like to talk about when your story's done just is th- this problem of what we allow to accumulate that crowds out the other stuff, right? And, and the example I gave, I think I mentioned this, but um, a talk I gave um, not too long ago, this kind of came to me in the middle of the talk, and now I think it's kind of smart. Like if you think about your refrigerator, I'm positive I mentioned this, I'm sorry for repeating it. But think about your refrigerator and like how my family, we like to clean it out before we do a big grocery trip. Because you could dark. If you got crap in your refrigerator, and like in our case, like, oh, leftovers, because, oh, it's a, such special chicken. We can't bear to throw away one piece of chicken. So now that one piece of chicken sits there in a Ziploc bag, you know, it was an expensive bag, expensive chicken. You got to keep it, right? And then you get, you get three of those bags. And then you've got some kind of brown thing under the celery and the crisper. And like pretty soon you don't want to cook. You don't even want to open your fridge. You have this one active area, like where the milk and butter is, and then everything else is, is, is just like some horrific thing that you don't even want to have to address. And, and what's funny about that is like, like what possible attachment could you have to that mayonnaise? Like, let it go. Just throw <laughs> it away. Well, you know what? One, Peter, one thing, I don't know if Peter Walsh addresses this directly, but I think a lot of us, we're worried about the environment, right? So we're thinking about, oh, I, I have to recycle this. Oh, but I've got to shred this. And so you come up with a million different reasons to not address the deeper problem, which is all of that stuff has bored into your soul. Even those stupid, like, I don't like throwing food away. It drives me crazy to throw food away. And this happened to me last week. I had some red snapper we didn't cook on time. So now our refrigerator smells like a fish because I felt bad about throwing away food. And now I've made, you know what I'm saying? That was an emotional problem. That's not a fish problem. That's an emotional problem. Mm -hmm. And so the bigger pattern of this is, is yes, I learned a lot about myself and what I've done and not done in the last year by, by cleaning my stupid office. But it also brings me back to things like, what do you put on your to-do list? Like as much as I love um, OmniFocus, it's a great place to just shovel a bunch of stuff and then never do anything with. It's so easy to capture. And even though it's really also easy to review, a lot of people don't do a weekly review or even a monthly review. And all this stuff accumulates. And in the same way as that rotten food makes you go a little bit dark to your refrigerator, I think the clutter of tasks you know you're never going to do gets in the way the same way that you have captured a medium priority task about returning somebody's email that you know you'll never return. You know what now? Now you're scared of your to-do list. You're scared of your inbox. You're scared of your office. You're scared of your refrigerator. You're scared of the box with your divorce crap in it. 
And I, I think that's, I think that is something that is worth thinking about in looking at why we don't have the life we want. Even that's as simple as like finding a, a, a flat surface to make iced tea on. So that's what I'm going to come back to. Oh, I would like to hear your anecdote. Well, it's, it that, actually... Hey, that wasn't too bad. By the way, I'm just saying that that's not too bad for starting out with SodaStream, right? No, it's not bad at all. Really nice turnaround. Thank you. Uh, and actually, this story is the perfect lead-in for your practical tips on how to handle this in the real world. Uh, because this is, this is the story of what my father-in-law uh, did with stuff in his house. That my mother-in-law would get all kinds of weird furniture and stuff from who knows where. And it was new. It's not like she'd never buy old stuff, never buy used stuff. It was always new. But she'd get it and she and, and they'd have it here and he'd be like, We've had this thing. She's never used it. It's some weird, you know, thing. So he went and he got a storage space. And I don't know how much it was per you know, probably in in the one to two hundred dollars per month. Just a storage unit somewhere. And at once a month he'd take something, maybe a couple things, and he'd take them to the storage. And keep without, without, without telling without her? telling her <laughs> to say would she notice it? I mean, we're talking about small pieces of furniture here. We're not talking about like uh, you know a thimble from the back of a drawer. We're talking about a whole thing. And he wouldn't he wouldn't say anything about it, and he would see how long is it before she's going to notice. You say because if she says something about it, he'll he would just say, oh well, I took it over. I you know had to make room for it, and he'd go get it, and she would not say anything. And after, I don't know how, what his moratorium was for it, but after X period of, of weeks or months, he would then take it and donate it. So it was like a staging area to take things out of the house. <laughs> and as far as I know, he never, never got caught in it. And it's he like was when you want to bring your pet here, like when you bring your dog from England and it's got to like stay somewhere for six months to make sure it doesn't have some disease. Yes. You would do that. They would do that with like a table. Like yeah, an occasion, an occasion exactly. Table. <laughs> exactly like that. So that's some practical advice, but I like it. You know, this is this is the same approach that I have to uh, an operating system when I get a brand new Mac. Right. I don't go and start. There are a few essential things that I install immediately. We've talked about this, a lot, I think, a number of times before. And Text Expander is one of them. I need a really good editor, and there's a, a you know Text Maybe be edited. A couple others we've talked about. A couple things like that that I'll definitely install because they're tools that I know that I use on a very, very regular basis. But otherwise, I won't install anything. I'll just, I'll just leave it and say, what do I actually need? What can I get by with without installing at all, without doing it? And then, oh, well, I really do need this application. Let's say Pixelmator. Mm-hmm. You know, I need that because I need to edit some images. Well, I purchased it through the App Store, so I'll download it, and now I have that. But I won't. I won't automatically spend that two day block of time going. Oh, I gotta move all this. I gotta and I, I and I find that that's liberating. It's it's a little bit harder to do that with with real life. So I'd like to hear your tips for that. It's yeah. It's way way harder. But even even then, well, let me jump into one. Um, and, and and the thing is, again, read this book. It really is good. It's he's from he's on that silly show where they go and make over your house and. They tell you to like keep the kids out of your room and like it, it's what is it called? Uh, clean, clean mess. Beast, mess it in, up. beast in the heart. Mm. I think I think of Beast of Eden with uh, James Dean. Now is that Jimmy Dean? That's, is that the musician with the sausage? I think that's Robert Plant. Does he I, play guitar? I, I could do without Robert Plant. Uh, you know what? I'm really I'm coming to terms with the Rolling Stones right now, and it's a very awkward time for me. I like to come back to that. Okay. 
So, um, and again, I apologize to Peter Walsh, who I think might be Australian. Maybe from New Zealand. Boy, that makes him mad when you mix those guys up. You got to know what kind of jokes to make. Don't, don't, don't make a sheep fornication joke with the wrong country. Mm. Gets them up, up in arms. <laughs> I don't even know if they have an army. Um, the, um, you just described something that's really smart. <laughs> of all things, I might have learned this from a Martha Stewart thing. I don't remember where I learned this, but I realized it was genius when I heard it. So along the lines of, of moving that furniture out, this is a very, you know, 101 level thing. But if you're, if you're so resistant to even starting on this, and I, whatever, you're sitting around going, you're not. But like if you went in the garage or the whatever, the attic right now, like the attic is such a painful place. There's so much stuff you don't want to deal with in there. Like, like, like an inbox. It's just where a lot of stuff has ended up that you've got to deal with. Um, here's one that's along those lines. Um, if you, let's say you just go, okay, here is this box of stuff that I'm pretty sure... I, on a practical level, need. This could be tools. This could be screws. This could be whatever, right? Whatever it is. You've got a box of stuff and you're going, there's no way in a million years I could throw this away. No problem. You can do this with a garbage bag. You can do this with a box. You can do it with whatever. But, but take, take a, something distinctive, like a big piece of duct tape and a red marker and write a date. Seal the box and then write a date on there that's six months from today. And then give yourself a reminder for six months from now. Yeah. And if you didn't open that box in those six <laughs> months, throw it Throw away. it out. Throw it away. I did that with a ton of these old cables and crap. You know, oh, audio cables USB and stuff. Cables. The USB audio <laughs> file. And I put them in the box. I said, if I don't open this, I did exactly what you said. If I don't open this thing, the whole box, gone. Donate it. RCA jacks. You got any RCA jacks? Oh, oh my God. I can't tell you how many like red, yellow, white cables I've got. I don't even, I have one device in my life that will even take that right now, I think. And I want to get rid of it, like our stereo. And I guess our TV. But like, we don't, we don't, we don't use any of that anymore. But, but, and, and so what's the point in that one? Well, I mean, that's a good way to, to, to really prove to yourself. This is another one of those, I'm not that kind of person things. Yeah. Well, if you didn't open that in six months, you are that kind of person. Suck it up. And so, you know, again, that, that, sounds, that sounds really mean, right? But try it. Just try it. Even if it, as a test, try it. You can do this with rock and roll t-shirts. In my case, I've had so many... T- I did a purge. I, now, I'll tell you, I regret getting rid of some of these now. Really? What, but, what do you regret? Uh, my R.E.M. Life Switch pageant shirt, my dump truck shirt, um, my Meat Puppets shirt. Like, there's certain shirts that I really wish I still had that, like, are from the time... But, you know, they were disgusting. They had big, big yellow pit stains. And they made my wife sad. And I just <laughs> threw them all in a bag and threw them away. Yeah. Like, and now, see, now, okay, now, here, back to the hot dog guys. No offense. But, like, I, I, I don't need, I love you. I don't need your business card. I love you, but please don't give me a business card. I love you, but please do not give me a cardboard loyalty card. My, my wallet is already full with, like, a BART card, you know, like a, a Muni card and my driver's license and credit cards and stuff. It's already more than I want to carry around with me. You know, I just got a picture of Anakin Skywalker from my daughter, because that's me. And I carry that around. Like, I want to make room for Anakin Skywalker, right? Because I got a lot of problems. <laughs> I'm Anakin. She's helping one, if it matters. Um, I don't want any more of that. And, and, and so for me, like, it's, people take this so hard, and it seems so mean. Like, other, some people go to trade shows, and they're really into picking up, like, every piece of what Philip K. Dick would call kipple. That they possibly can. They want every little keychain, every little bottle opener, every little cheap t-shirt. And it's like every t-shirt or bag, there's a few bags from conferences that I've kept because they're okay. But like how many bags from conferences do I need? Like how many t-shirts from like Java Fest 96 do you really need? If you're not wearing them, throw them away. Or yes, fine hippie, donate them. 
The problem is your desire to donate that is getting in the way of you getting rid of it, which is I'm going to get to in a second. But for all that stuff, you know what? Do the six months trick. Put it in a box. Put it in a box and seal it. Why seal it? Because then you're less likely to fiddle with it. If you need that t-shirt, go down, unseal it, take out the shirt and reseal. End of story. Boom. Yeah, I mean, that, what else? You know what? Do it for a year. Whatever. Whatever makes you happy. But it, you know this is a problem. If you've got stuff in there, in my case, I'm realizing how much of the stuff in my, we've got those like whatever those, those crummy little like Ikea wire things, you know, for drawers where I put all my, my socks mm -hmm. kind of stuff. You know, I, I, there's so much stuff in there I never put on. Like it's ridiculous. I have all these single socks. This sounds dumb. It is so freeing to just throw that stuff away. It is. And if you think it's super important, special stuff, fine, do that. That's a good rookie, rookie trick. Um, let, me, let me add something to, please, to what please. you're saying here. I, I worked, uh, I was like an IT guy early in my career. And one of the companies, this was back on, we had a Novell network and we had CC Mail and a UUCP gateway. Are that's, you having a stroke, Dan? What was that? That's not the story. Those all letters. Okay. Uh, and I, I had taken over the, the, the job from another guy who had, I get he was still in the company, but he'd, he'd moved out of there. So people, you know, knew that he was still around. They couldn't really say anything bad about him. And, and a, our boss collectively uh, had come to town. And I guess he came every month or so and he would just come and spend some time there, work with things. And, you know, but I, it was basically like, you know, I was my own boss for the most part. Well, he, he came down the first time after I'd been there about a month and he, we're talking about super nerd. I mean, he was a super nerd. And I came in one morning while he was there that week and I got there early because I knew he was going to be there early. He was already there. And in the middle of our little small sort of server room, there's this huge pile of old crap, modems, keyboards, garbage. I mean, just, just old equipment that was, and it was a pile. It was probably four feet high. And I, I said, well, wow, we, we might need that. Yeah. I was like, well, you, you've been busy in here. And he's like, yeah. I said, well, what is all this? Cause you know, I was still new enough on the job that I'm not going to throw anything out. And I knew that we had a lot of junk. I just didn't know what the heck it was. And he said, all of this stuff has been sitting over here for the last, you know, the last year. He's like, I have a policy with all my technology that if I don't use it in six months, we get rid of it. And I have ever since then, I mean, I was probably, you know, 20, 22, 23 years old. I have tried to do that with my own technology as much as possible, saying if I have something, and I think this applies not just to tech, but to everything. If mm -hmm. you have something that, that you haven't used in six months, obviously seasonal items might not necessarily be right. You don't want to go throwing away your winter coat for the three months a year that you need it because you haven't worn it. But practically, if there's something you think you, you use, if you think you use it, but you haven't used it in six months and it's not some specialty item that you only use once a year, like your menorah, mm -hmm. but it's something that you don't use regularly and you think you do do what do you know, get rid of it, put it in the box, get it away, clear it out of there and see if you miss it, which is better Merlin, this thing sitting there cluttering up your life or the regret that you feel when you got rid of it. You've, you, you admitted that you regretted some stuff. You have some t-shirts. Are you really, do you regret them more than, than you're glad you, you've moved on? I'm still standing. I mean, despite, not, despite getting rid of my Life's Rich Pageant shirt, like I'm still somehow surviving. <laughs> right. We, had, we were going to have a garage sale <laughs> one time. And okay, so first of all, this is, this is a very, very important concept here. Um, and I'm sure someone else has said this before, but the only things that are worth organizing are the things that are worth keeping. 
I think there's, there's something to a lot of our thinking in this American culture where we consume so much stuff. There's some part of us that says, oh, we have to organize everything we've got in the house. No. Well, first of all, you can decide whether it should be in the house. You know, like I say about email, you know, organizing your email is like alphabetizing your recycling. Like, it, it, don't keep moving stuff from one thing to another. So I've been this person, like you're describing, where my idea of organizing was to take, oh, gosh, clearly this is a problem because I have SCSI cables and RCA jacks in five places. I should put them all together. Now, there's a big bananas moment when you do this because when I found myself untangling SCSI 25 and SCSI 50 cables, I had to really stop and do a sanity check for a minute because I don't own anything that uses SCSI cables anymore. I was untangling those. Well, what if just in case someone, you know, you find an old hard drive somewhere, someone gives you something. Do you know what those cost? Just in case. That's a $50 cable back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So that's just some part of your mind. Like, not you, right? But like somebody out there is going like, oh my God, that's a $50 cable. Well, here's, so, so funny part one of that is, is you're sitting there and you're organizing and taxonomizing and you're wrapping them all up like you read on Lifehacker and you're doing all this crap with all your stuff. And so first of all, like, are you ever going to need any of that? Now, with the possible exception of, I will say, of... Um, Apple 30 pin jacks because those are very costly. I have about 700 of those, I think, but I've never want to throw one of those away because they're very costly. Those I think are a little different. Um, mail to mail USB jacks. I have weirdly few of those for what I need, but USB to USB mini, I'm good. I don't really need all of those, (laughs) but here's the thing. Do I need to keep 10 of those? No. Do I need to keep five of those? Maybe. But you know what? If I threw every one of those away except for one and then I lost that one, you know what I could do? I could go to the store and get a new one for less than five bucks probably. Now that sounds wasteful, right? But that's way, that sounds wasteful of your money and resources. But what could be more wasteful of your life than feeling the need to taxonomize and store cables that you don't need anymore? That's cubic inches of your life that you're giving away to something that has absolutely no importance. And so, and that's why the one thing I'll say next is put all the stuff in one place. So back to the kitchen, and this is kind of related to the six-month rule, but if your kitchen is full of like dumb gadgets and stuff, very similar thing. Um, Take all of the stuff, this sounds crazy, take out everything out of your drawers, out of all of those, you know, gadget things. Like you've got all, you know what I'm talking about? Like you got the turkey baster, you got the this, you got that, and put them all in a giant ass box and put them somewhere near the kitchen, but not in the kitchen. And for the next week, take out each item when you need it. I know, not you. You need all that because you're a gourmand and a food blogger. But listen, (laughs) do that. (laughs) But what if I need to make radish rosettes? Shut up. Put it all in a box. And if you don't need it after a week, think really hard about when you will need it. Okay, do it for a month. I, I can almost promise you that you will use about a third of the stuff in there. Now, if you need that stuff, like your menorah, Go put it someplace. Like, do you really need the skewers for your, um, you know, for your shish kebabs? Like, does that need to be in there? Maybe not. But this is, if you don't need, if this isn't a problem, don't worry about it. But it probably is a problem. Getting that stuff out of there, it will teach you so much. You you can do that with any of this stuff and it will have such a salutary effect. Um, I I lived in a very filthy house with my roommates in, uh, in college and we eventually adopted what we called the one fork rule. Because it was, it, there was, it was so disgusting. There was always so many dishes that we, just, we realized that the only way that we were going to fix this was for it to be like prison. So uh, the three of us, we each had one fork. Oh, one that's spoon, so smart. One knife, 
and one plate, and that's it. And all the rest got sealed in a box in case company came over, which they didn't because it was slobbing. It was disgusting. Who would come there? It was all like marijuana and Domino's boxes. But the point is, if you want to use your spoon, you know what? You wash your spoon like an adult, and then you use it. The problem is, if you have a bunch of boys like living in a place, and there's 40 spoons, you know what? Within a week, there's going to be 40 dirty spoons, and you're going to be wondering where the spoons are. If you have one spoon, I'm just telling you. Like a lot of you, you get married and you get these big sets of silver and then you get all fat and you're eating like a macaroni all the time. Well, not you. But I mean, now all of a sudden you're going through all those forks. You gotta, there's no reason to have a sink full of forks, right? So anyway, you don't have to throw that stuff away, but put it away somewhere and then decide what you want to do with it. If you want to give it away, give it away. Okay, so this is a huge one. Um, if it, you'll see that there's a little thread when you feel that resistance about stuff. Even if you've made your peace and you go, yes, Merlin, yes, Peter Walsh, I understand I need to get rid of stuff. You are feeling some resistance about this. Let's say you get, you know what? I love grandma and I'm going to keep this one awesome photo of her and we're going to put it on the piano or whatever. If you could find it under your scrapbooking supplies. But let's say um, you're ready. You're ready to get rid of this stuff. Now you're going, oh, you know, I, I love the planet and I'm a big green hippie and I want to make sure I never do anything bad to harm Mother Earth. Okay, fine. But here's the problem. If you're sitting there and holding every item in your hand, deciding where it's going to go, that gets complicated, right? In our case, Dan, like how many hard drives do you have? That like I have, I have hard drives that I don't even know. Oh, they're, no, they're I'm like, guilty of that. I'm very they're guilty They're pre-SATA. They're like, I've got this like six <laughs> pins on yeah, it. I don't I, know how it got connected <laughs> to anything. Like uh, stuff, old IDE drives that, that, you know, you don't know what they're for, what they had on them, no labels. Any zip, do you have any zip or jazz drives anywhere in your house? I actually think I do have I a, have a, a Converse drive. Oxford's, you know, classic Converse. I have a shoebox full of zip drives. Do you have a, a Bernoulli box? No, I never, I never had a Bernoulli. I never had a Bernoulli. But in that case, I mean, sure, there could be financial stuff, probably porn, let's be honest. Those things are very sturdy. Like, how are you going to get rid of all of those? Like, I don't know. I haven't answered that. But I mean, if your problem is, is privacy, think about, you know, how, how you might need to get... There's ways that you can get all this stuff taken care of. But my point is, I don't have the answer for all of these. But when you feel that resistance, that doesn't mean that you can't at least put it in a box full of stuff, which is, I don't need this anymore stuff. Just because you can't wipe the drive today doesn't mean you shouldn't get it out of the way, right? Now, I, and again, like I, I personally, I haven't found a great answer for this. Shredding services are really expensive. But, but the point is, um, all that stuff, whether it's you're worried about the environment or whatever, well, one, one good example, one thing you could do here is think about, obviously, donating a lot of it. Well, here is a newsflash for you. Um, <laughs> soup kitchens don't need soup. They need money. <laughs> the Goodwill does not need rock and roll shirts with yellow pits. Ask yourself whether you would like to have, whether you would pay for the thing that you're donating before you decide to donate it. Now, if anybody out there disagrees with that, fine. Like, like, like I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody's really going to want your, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, fake Teflon pan that you bought at Walmart in 1988. That'll probably be real handy for somebody. Think about throwing a lot of this stuff out. And this is where it gets weird. And this is where it gets hard. And this is where you are totally allowed to think that I'm just being a mean jerk. Go out. In my case, I got it from Amazon. I got a box of, I think it was like 50 33-gallon contractor bags. These are not the kinds of bags that you buy at your grocery store. A contractor bag is made to have broken glass thrown now, in these it. are the best things ever. There is no better solution for dealing with this stuff, apart from getting your mind right, than getting contractor bags. And do not get, get, 
giant, giant, giant contractor bags. If you can, if you got the dough, get contractor bags that will fit in one of those big hefty, not hefty, but you know, those giant, like, um, you know, those big heavy garbage cans that you would see in like a bar. You know what I'm talking about? Those giant, like, get the hugest yeah, ones. They're you can really, have. you could easily, a, a full grown man could easily step into one of these. I've tried. It's very comforting sometimes. I need, I need a minute. Get those. And, and here's the thing. Now, this is, this sounds small. I cannot tell you how important this is. Your ability to throw things away quickly and without fear has a very strong correlation with how big the target is. So get one of those giant bags and don't just hold it in your hand. Put it into one of those big barrels or something that will hold it up. I just use two guitar stands to hold mine open. But the point is make a big round circle so you can throw stuff into that thing. Throw it away. Again, now I apologize if, if, if you're saving the planet. It's more important to me to have a life again. <laughs> so, you know, whatever it is you want to do, that's fine. But I'm just going to tell you, this will go so much faster if you don't have to hold every item in your hand and think about it. If you have to pass an item from one hand to another, you're not doing it right. So what a lot of people say is have save, like keep, donate, and throw away. Well, I think your default should be throw away. I think the one that's very close to wherever you're sorting you should be in the same way that like I open my mail over the recycling bin. I think it's a good idea here to think mainly about what can I absolutely not throw away. You know, maybe you're not, maybe you're, it's not that bad for you. But if you're dealing with this in a serious way, the weird thing is once you do this for like two hours, you're going to be addicted. You're going to be so excited about how many things you can throw away. You know, I, I said this to Roderick the other day, but it's so funny. Like I don't even like really use post-it notes very much anymore. But I didn't even realize until I cleaned my office, like, like I have dozens of stacks of post-it notes that are almost brand new where I've used one or two. I've got field notes notebooks with like one thing written in it and they're all over the place. And that's a sign of a diseased mind. Like, the, okay, good. Now those go into the area of unused notebooks. What I'm saying though is like, like in our kitchen, for example, we're, we're going to try this thing where we've got a big garbage can. We've got like a, one of those small little compost things. And then we've got our recycling thing is kind of under the counter. So the weird thing is, like, it's really easy for us to throw stuff in the trash, and it's pretty easy for us to throw stuff in the compost, but it's not that easy to throw stuff in the recycling. So what we're going to experiment with is having a much larger recycling thing and, and a maybe the same size or smaller garbage thing. Because that's resistance, right? That's resistance. I am already have to make a decision about which of the three things this is. That may not sound like a big deal, but if you're doing this at scale in your garage, like, I would really minimize the number of buckets, and, and here's the thing, which here's what you don't want to end up with. So, so, so do you follow the Dan giant, giant garbage bags? Yes. Right. It's also, you know, if you call a hauling service, it's a lot easier to say, I have this many <laughs> contractor bags that I want you to please take away. But <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so here's the other thing. And by, and by the way, you can get these. I mean, I think my wife ordered them, uh, from Amazon. Yep. These I'll, bags. I'll, I'll and I see some notes. right here. Tough sack. Hang on a contractor second. bag, CCB 750, 42 gallon heavy duty contractor cleanup bags, 32 bucks. Okay. I, this is what we got right here. I have, okay, I have Husky contractor cleanup bags, 32 bags that are 42 gallons. Yep. These are three mils. That's a lot of mils. Yeah, I see these on here too. That's what I got. If you want the Merlin Man bags. All right. And if, if you want to upgrade to the, to the uh, Benjamin Husky bags. Well, both of these will be how in many the gallons. Link. Double check how many gallons. Forty-two. Okay, that's good. are yours that's clear? Good. No, these are God, clear. No. Oh, I don't want to see. Oh, brother, I don't want to see. Okay, well, the people who might want to see, they could get the clear. People who don't want to see, yeah, 
Well, but these things are great. Are and they even really? show on the cover, the picture of yours, it shows like a man's hand. Like, it's a goat seat. A goat yeah, seat. a goat seat in the bag. Yeah. Goat seat in the bag. Boom, Josh. Um, the, um, <laughs> but here's, here's an anti-pattern that feels like a pattern, which is what, here you go. So here's you. You got the giant thing. You're going, oh, good, I'm throwing things away. So over here, you've got the giant garbage bag, and you're doing great with that. And then over here, like I'm, I'm really into banker's boxes for storing stuff. Here I have a banker's box. So here's, a, here's me going through everything if I'm doing this wrong. Oh, garbage, garbage, keep it. Garbage, garbage, keep it. And if I'm not careful when I'm done, I have like 45 banker's boxes of stuff. And now I'm kind of, I have slightly more rarefied pseudo garbage mm. now. Right? Because I haven't really decided like where that's going to go. And to bring in our friend David Allen on a strange angle, you know, David Allen says, talks about, uh, uh, author of Getting Things Done, copyright David Co. 2001, um, that, you know, so you've got stuff. It's all these things in the universe that are part of your world that haven't found a permanent place to be. I think that's one way to think about this. Like when you're done with that and you've got the, all those banker's boxes, where will that stuff go? Like in my case, like, you know what? I'm actually pretty good for office supplies. Like there's, I could at this point, I never really need to buy index cards again. And when I see them all in one place, like the post-it notes, it's a real wake up call to me about how much more of those I don't need to be buying. So, so here's the thing though. You don't want to end up back where you were before with newer, prettier versions of a bunch of stuff you're not doing anything with. One of the things Peter Walsh mentions, I think it's Peter Walsh. Yeah. Um, here's his formula for how many books and CDs you're allowed to keep. Measure your shelves, (laughs) measure your shelves. And he has a little table showing you what the cubic inches or width, like a book is this wide, a CD is this wide, whatever. And that's how much you're allowed to keep. You're allowed to keep what fits in there. I know, not you, because you're a collector. You, you need a place to put all of your like manga things. That's fine if you've got space for it. But now ask yourself, remember, everything you put in that world you have is something else that can't fit in there. So what if you instead said, I'm allowed to keep enough CDs that fit in here and I don't have to jam them in. CDs, whatever you kids buy nowadays, your video games or stuff. But that's not a bad way to look at it. If you're a collector of stuff, here's a tip. Keep five. Now I can. I have to have them all. My ceramic elephants, they're so special in this box <laughs> piling up. How about this? How about keep five? How about keep six? How about keep ten? Every time you bring in a new one, get rid of an old one. Or put it somewhere cool. Put it on display like those dorks that have a whole room full of action figures. They're not dolls. Um, but, but that's one way to do it. Because you will always find a reason to keep this junk around. But it, it, I think if you start doing this in a really honest way, like I've had to do, I mean, I, the thing is, I'm still not done. Because now I do have a lot of the like, stuff in bankers' boxes. And I, there's a lot of things I had to like second think about. Like I've got, a, I've got a scan snap or snap scan, whatever it's called. I've got yeah. an old one and a new one. And I'm not sure what to do with the old one because it still works. I'm not sure who to donate that to. Luckily in San Francisco, you can leave pretty much anything on the street and it'll be gone like within hours. Somebody will pick it up. But um, Which model did you get, the new one? Um, it's not that new, but I don't even use it much is the problem. But the other one for me is hard drives, naked hard drives. Like, you know, I've gotten, you know, this is the same kind of problem as like somebody who feels like I might need that someday. Like, are you like this? Like with photos? No, you're probably not like this. With photos or videos... Like, I feel like I've got it backed up in a million places, but I couldn't find the exhaustive collection of my kids' videos and photos if I had to. In, in lieu of having one system that works, because I keep thinking I'll do that someday, it's scattered all over hard drives everywhere. You know, and that's the problem. Like, if you become this person who's like, it's almost like you're hiding money around the house or something, <laughs> but like, could you find it all if you had to? 
Because that's not really that's not really organizing. Do you know what I mean? And again, I, I'll stipulate I suffer from this. But like every one of these excuses you have for like why you have so much stuff, like if you're if you're really, really happy, or more importantly, if your partner and family is really, really happy with that, then you're probably good. But again, you know, as with email and cunnilingus, it helps to ask around. <laughs> Don't be so sure that you're great at multitasking unless you've asked people. Don't be sure that you're so great at the clutter unless you've asked around. Because that could be getting in somebody's way. And let's be honest, having being the person who's constantly saying to people, you know, do you want grandma's underwear cabinet? Like, you're like, no, I never want grandma's underwear cabinet. You want me to have that so it's not in your life. I had this friend in Tallahassee. He was a really nice guy. But he was really famous for giving broken stuff to people. He'd be like, oh, this is a vintage tabletop radio. And, and <laughs> it doesn't work. Like now, now, now I have a thing that doesn't work in my house, you know? Um, but it does come back to the emotional part. It come, and it comes back to, like, it could start in a place of, oh, my God, I don't want to die a crazy cat lady. But, like, it, I think it, it can also start in a place of, like, you can just start realizing what a drag this stuff is having on you. Like, I'm just sitting here right now, like, looking at, I was looking at Mint earlier today, and I realized how much, we talked about this, how much, like, recurring web service stuff I've got. Yeah. That runs into serious dough. Like if you really calculate that, like based on like what I made at my first job, it's mind-boggling to me to think about how much of the income of my first job will be taken up by like $5 here, $10 there, $30 there every month. That's the kind of clutter. It's a real pain in the ass to go and shut all that stuff off. But if you do it, you go, you go oh my God, I can't believe I ever like didn't do this before. Um, so that, I think that's a good way to do it. And then, then as far as maintaining it, Maintaining it can be really hard because you go right back to where you started. Um, one trick, this sounds silly, but like try having smaller garbage cans like around the house. If, if it's not clear yet, I think throwing things away is a really good idea. <laughs> Somebody else with a different podcast can talk about, you know, doing, doing something different, maybe turning it into art or something. But I think if you have to think about throwing it away, you're doing it wrong. I really do. I mean... Exemplified by, you know, the, the divider in your kitchen, like the bar, you know, as soon as you put one thing down, it's a magnet. Now that thing's going to be full of stuff all over it. And the thing at the bottom of the pile that first befouled that counter, it's not important anymore because it's at the bottom of a stack. You're never going to see that. And now that's just a big pile of feeling bad. Same as your refrigerator, same as your to-do list, same as your email, uh, same as the coffee cups and Snapple. In my office, it just feels good to get rid of it because you're not just getting rid of stuff, you're getting rid of ultimately unnecessary emotional attachments, which opens up space to have real emotional attachments. I like that. It's pretty good. That's good. I love you. Love you too. Have a good week. You too.